Okay, so we're going to learn a piece from the Mayan Beis HaShoeva from Rav Schwab on Parshas Emmer. The reason why we're going to do that is because Emmer is the parsha that deals with uh, the Yom Taivim, and specifically the Sphira, which involves the bringing of, uh, of the carbon Aimer, and um, that's why we call it the Sphira Aimer. We're counting uh, from the Aimer. So let's see exactly what Rav Schwab says about, about the Aimer and about the Sphira, and we're going to get a lot of besides out of this tonight, Amir Tzashem. So the Medrash, Rabbi Yechanan Aimer, Alti Mitzvah Aimer Kala Necha. Don't make the Mitzvah Aimer light in your eyes. Don't think that the Mitzvah Aimer is like a, a small, um, non-substantial Mitzvah. Shayidei Mitzvah Saimer, because through the Mitzvah Saimer, Zacha Avram, Lirashis Eretz Kanan. Avram Avinu is Zacha to Yarshin Eretz Kanan. The reason why we have Eretz Israel is because of the Mitzvah of Aimer. I'm going to give it to you and to your children after. Almanas va'atas brisi tishmar. Because of what? What do you have to do to get the land? What's the covenant? The covenant is the Eze Zemitzasaim. You know what the covenant that Avram Avinu was supposed to keep was in order to do his part of the bargain to keep Eretz Israel, to get Eretz Israel, to Yashon Eretz Israel. It's to keep the mitzvah of Aimer. So we see that this, the mitzvah of Aimer, of the carbon Aimer, is a very important, very uh, substantial mitzvah. I'll give you another reason why it shouldn't be uh, so light in your eyes. Because of the mitzvah of Aimer, Hashem made peace between a man and his wife. Whoever is learning Dafyami is in the thick of the... Uh, Sugis of Mesachasaita dealing with the Minchasaita. If a woman is suspected of being unfaithful to her husband, so, and under certain circumstances, the husband has to warn her, don't be miachid with this person, and then if she is miachid with a the person, there's Adam. Um, so what happens is she has to undergo a process where she drinks a certain potion containing, uh, a worn out Megillah of Saita, and she drinks that, and if she's innocent, then she's fine. If she's guilty, then she will explode, either immediately or we give her some time. But this point, the point of this mitzvah of Mincha Saita is to ultimately bring peace between man and, man and his wife. So we have to understand, says Rishab, this medrash seems very cryptic. What in the world does the, minch, the mitzvah of Aimer have to do with A, the, um, the, the bris that was given between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Avram, which is Pashas the bris Mila. What does that have to do with Aimer? And also, what does it have to do with Mincha Saita? What is the connection between these two things? And it seems that they're all somehow lumped together in this Mishnah, in, in this medrash. So, as we know, that you bring on the second day of Pesach comes from Sa'irim. It comes from barley. 
We know that who eats barley? We're, we don't really eat barley. We eat more wheat. True, you could eat barley, you know, we eat barley sometimes, but the main consumer of barley are animals. It's considered to be a meichal behema. To teach you that if you do things right, if you're, you're harvesting the aimer l'shem shamayim, and you, you sift it with 13, uh, filterings, so then you're able to be makrib, even a mechabehima, even what is animal fodder, that could go, animal feed could also be put it, put on top of the mezbeach of Hashem. The way Rav Schwab understands this is that by the Torah telling you that you should be bringing a carbon aimer, which is the meichel behema, you're bringing animal feed on top of mezbeach through processing it. You take raw barley and then you cut it l'shem shamayim, you cut it for kedusha purposes, and then you um, your menapet yud gimel siftings, thirteen siftings, one after another, then. Even though it's Michael Behema, it could still be uplifted and elevated to the Madrega that it becomes Reach Nichayach Lashem. And if that's the case, then we ourselves who have a Nefesh Bahamis, what does that mean? We have, we have a Nefesh. We have a soul. But the soul sometimes is a Nefesh Bahamis. It's like an animalistic soul, which means that it has Taivas and it has all types of, uh, Interests that are not necessarily kedusha interests. We have we're physical beings, and we have physical needs, and we have we have yearnings, and we have cravings, and we have all types of uh, human um, requirements and desire. So sometimes we look in the mirror and we say, like, who am I to be considered holy? I'm not holy. I'm you know I, I have so many taivas. We see from the karbana aimer, which is also a meichel behema. That even what's meichel behema, if you work hard enough at it, and you really purify it, it could be brought onto the mizbeach of Hashem, which is a very, very important lesson for us. That means that we're all worthy through the process of becoming a bentera to really attain unparalleled heights in kedusha, even though. We are physical, and we are we do have taibus, and that's part of what how Hakadosh Baruch Hu made us. Hakadosh Baruch Hu built us. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think that I have such a big Sahara and I have such taibus, and you know who am I? I'm a, I'm a bomb, and I'm a. What are you talking about? Hashem made you this way. You didn't ask. You didn't volunteer and say, "Hey, I'd really like a, a nefesh bahami." We were all given this nefesh bahami. We were given a yitzhara. So, and Hashem kihu like we say in, uh, in Yom Neiram Davenin, kihu yada yitzreinu. No, we say it every, every day by Tachin, actually. We haven't been saying it for a long time, so I forgot. But, kihu yada yitzreinu, he knows our yitzahara, zachar kiyafranach, remember that we're just us, we, we're human. You created us human. Now that doesn't absolve us of, uh, of doing mitzvahs, it doesn't absolve us of trying to tame the yitzahara. 
And that's why we're here. We're here to work on it and to improve it and to sift it and to perfect it. But it's very understandable that we have those taivas to begin with because we are human. Hashem made us this way. And Hashem says, okay, now I want you to raise yourself. I made you with a nefesh family, with taivas, with the etzar, but now I want you to, to work hard on uplifting yourself. The Indian Ze Yafets are Lahavan Devre Chachamim, Al Pasak Shiva Shivas Tispulcha Mehachel Kermesh Bakama, Tachel Lisbar. So it says that seven weeks, uh this is a Pasak later on in, in Parshas Re and in um it says that for seven weeks you should count, which is what we're doing during this period of time, from the time that the Khermesh, from the time that the wheat was standing, you should start to count. Al-Tukri Bekama El Bekaima. And we darshan from there that you shouldn't read it Bekama, but rather Bekaima. You have to stand. If you ever, you know, you're sitting and you say, oh my gosh, I have to count Sira. I forgot to count Sira. Um, don't count sitting. The halacha is you must count Sira Saimer standing. How do you know that? Because it's darshan from this Pasuk. Bekama, Al-Tukri Bekama El Bekaima. Pirush. We are like a stalk of grain, of barley, besad out in the field. And when there's the mitzvah sphere, if we are like, meaning obviously we're compared to the aimer, because if the, just like the wheat is standing, we're supposed to stand, that means that there's some equivalence between us and a stalk of wheat. And just like a stalk of wheat, um, it's, Cut down by the, on the second day of Pesach, we're also, in a sense, harvested from the land, from the ground. Just like the wheat, the, the grain, the barley had to be uprooted from the ground, what does the ground represent? If I would ask you, what does the ground represent? represents chumrius, or represents being earthly, being very base, being coarse. That's where we come from. We come from the offer, that's coarse. And we are supposed to uproot ourselves from that existence. And by doing so, we will share the same fate as the, as the Eimer. The Eimer was put on the Mizbeach, and we're going to be elevated on the Mizbeach. We have to uplift ourselves from the ground. Try to detach ourselves from the worldliness, the earthliness that we are entrenched in. Every night as we count, what are we supposed to be thinking about when we count? There's so many kab- there's so many kabanas. It's a very kabbalistic endeavor, right? Counting. There's all these spheres. There's nothing more, you know, that that gets mekubalamit more excited than a sphere than spheres, right? How many spheres are there? Yeah. Well, it was last week. It only updates after Yeshiva Marv, so uh, it'll be updated tonight. Yeah. So what's this week? This week is what. Whatever the says. Okay, so anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of spheres. There's Gevura, and there's Chesed, and there's Malchus, and there's Hyde. Every single one of these uh, uh, different 
different spheres, which I admittedly know nothing about, but there is a, uh, there is a great depth to each and every one of these spheres. And so there's a lot of Kabbalah, Kabbalahs. When people count sphere, a lot of them get very into it and they, they mark exactly, you know, what it is. And if it's Chesed Shebegvura or Gvura Shebemalchus or whatever, everyone has its own count and its own flavor and its own unique, uh, mission of the day. And that mission is supposed to elevate us on a higher plane. Every single night as we count, we're getting closer to Kabbalah Satir, we're getting closer to elevating our souls to higher and higher and higher spheres, higher counts. You want to tell us what tonight is? Um, it is Don't uh, do last night, maybe. Oh, last night is the associate big for so that would be accurate. Okay. Vizela Dimin Mitzus Mila. This is what the essence of brismila is all about. What is a brismila? It's a chaysem eispris kaidish. It's a, it's a stamp. It's a seal of holiness. Where is it? Where is the makar? could have made the makam amila on our nose. Could have made the makam amila on our ear. Cut off a piece of your ear and that'll be the bris. Why did he specifically choose the makam amila to be in the Makkim, in Makar HaTaiva. Why is that the, that's the epicenter of Taiva and, and Bahamas? Animalistic, uh, you know, pull is, is all coming from that Makkim. Why would Hashem make it there? And our bodies become sanctified, Dafka that way. I'm going to give you Eretz Canaan. Dafka b'shash at Sival Brismila. When did he tell us this? He told Avram that we're getting Eretz Canaan at the point that he was mitzavim to be mal himself. We see there's some correlation here. Why? Because in Eretz Canaan, that's where the Nefesh of Bahamas exists, and it's overpowering. What was Eretz Canaan before the Jews moved in? Before the Jews moved in, it was a terrible place. It was like, it was full of, of, uh, of, of Taiva, and it was like, Eretz Canaan was, uh, was a place of great decadence. And then took the land, he purified it, he put it into like a spin cycle, a spiritual spin cycle, ten cycles, one after another after another, until it was finally Niskadish. And then, and only then, so it's very similar to the Brismila and the Gofadim, just like the Bris is in the Makkum of Taiva. You took the, the lowliest part of the body, and that's where I want you to work on. That's where I want you to make a bris and to circumcise yourself so that your Taivas are, are curbed. That's what Eretz Yisrael is also. The bris of giving us Eretz Yisrael, the relationship is very clear. Because just like the bris of the body, you're sanctifying your body through curbing that Makkum of Mila. So too, when you go, when I'm giving you Eretz Kanan, which was a very decadent land, you have to work on it. And you're working on it together with the Rabbi to be Mekadishet and to, but otherwise, if you're not working on it, 
then it's a, it could be a very Tamidika thing. People don't understand that. People think, I'm going to Eretz Yisrael, and I'm going to learn there, and I'm going to be a tzaddik. That's true. That's a, that's a good plan. But very often, and we see this a lot, that if you're not careful in Eretz Yisrael, you could slip very easily also. People, a lot of people, there's a lot of people that go to Eretz Yisrael, and they, and they fail, and they, they do all types of averas, and they become, you know, they, they become extremely decadent much more than they were in America even. And the reason for that is because it's a place that inherently could go very bad. It's a place of, I don't want to say Tumah, but it, the, the historical, you know, Makar, just like the Bris Milas also, it's in a place that is very, has potential, great potential of Tumah. You have to work on it. Eretz Yisrael is like that as well. And that's, there's a reason for that. Not coincidence. It sounds strange. Like, oh, Eretz Yisrael, is it holy or is it not? It's specifically places that are the holiest that have the most um, the most potential to fall and to become tame, and the reverse is true also. The places that are the most tame have great potential for tara. There, there's it's something called zel uma zel salikim. Hashem gave a balance between kedusha and toma, between uh, between things that are very holy and and things that are very chayol. And we have to understand that. So in Eretz Yisrael, I could be very holy, or I could be the opposite. You want to use the bris, you could use the bris for the holiest of things. You could also use the makamamila for, for terrible things. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu did that in, with Kavana, and it's on purpose, and it's our job to make sure to work very hard on on on, ex, on exploiting this, the, these mitzvahs because there's great room for there's great potential to really make yourself great. Precisely when a person um, has a taiva for you know for doing an avera with that with the makamamila, that's exact. And you and you your mineya, you stop yourself from doing that. That's where the greatest kedusha lies. The greatest kedusha lies in when you, like uh, like the Ramban says uh, at the beginning of Parshas Kedushim, that. Kedashim to you, Rashi really says what the Ramban elaborates on it, is Prushim to you. How do you get holy? You get holy by being Pirish from Arias. When you give in to Arias, Tame. When you're Pirish, when you have the opportunity to do something and you don't, you get extremely holy, like Yesav HaTzadik. Yesav HaTzadik came this close to being Nichshul in, in a terrible Avera, and from there on, he became Yesav HaTzadik. How many times, how many people do we call a tzaddik in Jewish history? Not too many, right? Who, who do we call a tzaddik? I don't know if, uh, who? No, who's a tzaddik? Who else? What? Big tzaddik, right? Who else? Who? Shimonat tzaddik, very good. Um, it's interesting, the Rambam calls, the Rambam calls Yaakov a tzaddik. Right? He says Yaakov had tzaddik, that he was very meticulous, he was very ethical and honest, he didn't cheat, he worked very hard, he gave it his all. Very funny that the Ram used the Lashon by Yitzchak of a tzaddik. Um, who else is called a tzaddik in the Torah? What? Mardachai. Yeshiva's Mardachai tzaddik. But is, is that a Lashon, is that a, is that from the Megillah? Does it say that it is a call of a tzaddik in the Megillah? I don't think so. I'm not sure, but I, I know Chazal, I think, do call him a tzaddik. Who? That's true. 
That's true. We, right, but it became part of, we call it very good. That's true. We call him Yesavat Sadik. Um, who else has called it Sadik? I think, I think was Eev called, was Eev called it Sadik? I think Eev might have been called it Sadik at the beginning of Sefer Eev. Anyway, but it's not too many. You can count on one or two hands how many people are called it Sadik. And, and, um, there's Binyamin at Sadik, right? I think in Misakas Tainis. Anyway, but there, there's not too many people in Judah. So, Yosef was at Tzadik. You know, he was at Tzadik because he was, he came this close to doing an Aveir and he stopped. By Yimayim. Stop. If a person is able to, to hold back from doing these types of Averis, so that, in that, then the, 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 the bris, the covenant between you and the Rabbi Shalom get very, gets very strong. And it's a, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult Nisayan that, that people have in this day and age and probably that always had, but today it's much more pronounced because of technology and because of the accessibility of all these things. And Shmir Sainayim became an extremely difficult, uh, Nisayan for people. But if you're able to be Oyim bin Nisayan, and we all have to, but, and if you're successful at it, or you're more successful than not at it. Nobody is maybe perfect, but you really, if you're, if you're successful, you know, and you, you really are trying and you're focused on trying, there's a, it's tremendous. The amount of kedusha that's attainable by that is off the charts. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu made, uh, the, the Mila Dafka there, the, the bris between us and him Dafka there because he understands that there's a taiva there. And if you're able to be perished from that taiva, you will attain Kedusha. You will be Daim Lashchina. And that's why Eretz Yisrael is like that. Because of the, so that's Shaykh to the Mitzvah of Aymer, because the Mitzvah of Aymer again is being, taking the animalistic drive and bringing it up on the Mizbeach. So that's what the, the Zeschus of the Mila is connected to it. And the last piece of the puzzle is the Minchasaita. The Chain in Minchasaita, Abam and Asayim, also comes from barley. This Saita, who was promiscuous and she uh, was misyachid with a man, that's that's not debatable. We know that she was misyachid, and we don't know what they did necessarily behind closed doors, but it didn't look good, and she did a maisa behema. That's why we prescribe for her a carbon, which is made of siren, which is animal feed. The ena kavana says her shwab sh'asa maisa behema it doesn't mean that she did a Maisvema by actually being Mizana. We don't know that. That's what we're questioning. That's what we're trying to examine by this Bidika, by this, uh, this, this process of, of Mesaita. And it's supposed to bring peace between the husband and wife. We're hoping that she passes with flying colors and she's able to go back to her husband and live together again. Then she'll explode. So the main point of the carbon is not, you know, people think, I know what the carbon is. The carbon is to make her explode. No, it's not. The carbon is to avoid her exploding. The, the, the carbon is trying to be mavarer, to ascertain uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt that she's innocent. She did not do what you suspected her of doing. It didn't, you know, she should have been more careful. The optics definitely weren't good, but we're trying to determine through the Mesaita that she's innocent so that she could go back home, she could live with her husband again, Bishalom. So the carbon is really 
to determine that she was not Mizana. What does it mean that her, that she did a Maisebehemah? She acted immorally. She, she was very, uh, uh, she was acting in an inappropriate manner. She didn't stop herself. Her husband warned her, do not, I do not want you to be Mesiachah with this man. And guess what she did? She went and she, she was disloyal and she went and she did it. So she acted with preachers. That's what the Maisebehem was. It wasn't the Maisebehem was not that we're actually assuming that she was Mizan. We're hoping that she wasn't. But the Maisebehem was the fact that she flirted with immorality. Whatever she did in the end, we don't know. That's what we're going to find out. And by bringing the carbon, she will be blessed. If she passes this test, she will be, uh, the Gemara says amazing things, that if she passes the test, if she was, if she used to be, uh, you know, giving birth to children that were not so good looking, suddenly now she's gonna have beautiful children. And if she, uh, you know, and all types of other brachas that are, that, that accrued to this woman. How does that happen? What's the bracha? She did bad. I mean, she, even if she was innocent, but she was really guilty in the process of what she did. How could, meaning, even if she wasn't mezana, but how could she have been mesyached? What's the answer? The answer is, if she's able, yes, she was acting like a behema, but if she's able to now, uh, withdraw from that and, and run away from that, she has every opportunity now to turn the ship around and to bring herself up on the Mizbech, to take something that's a Meichel Behema and to elevate it to a, to a Kedusha standard and to a Kedusha status. When you're not giving into the net, yes, you have a Nefesh Behami. And, you know, you think, well, I have a Nefesh Bahami, so I'll give in to it. You could do that. You have the Bechira to do that. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to push back against that notion that we are Behema. You know, that, that's what, um, if you, re- if you read uh, the writings of uh, Hitler Yemach Shemai, so one of the things that he was very proud of was the fact that he says, you know, the world, you know, it calls us barbarians. You know, we, you know, you, because he writes about it, right? He doesn't care about killing millions of people. That was his plan. He says, yes, we're barbarians. We're, we're, we're behemoths and we're proud of it. A yid can't understand that concept because a yid understands that whatever we are, even if we have a nefesh bahami, we're, our, our job in life is to uplift ourselves, to raise ourselves into human beings, to raise ourselves into malachim from the animalistic drives that we have. But gayim, Many Gayim, they don't have that conscience. Hitler said that, Yemashimai said that the Jews cursed the world with a conscience. That's true. Without, imagine with, if, without the Jews, without the Torah in the world. And the world wouldn't exist because there'd be no purpose of the world. As I'll say, and, the, you know, the Chaim Malajna writes about this extensively, how if the world would, if people, if nobody would be learning in the world Torah, for a second, the world would, would explode. There would be no world. The world needs Tyra to constantly, and that's why they say there's day and night, you know, different time zones. If it's, uh, night here, it's, it's day and Eretz Israel because 
who knows, you know, maybe nobody's learning and, you know, it's hard to imagine today, but you go back a hundred years in America, a hundred years ago, you know, I don't know how many people were learning Tyra 150 years ago in America, very few, if any. So, you know, you have to make sure that there's always going to be people learning at any time of the day. Hashem made time zones. Hashem made the world that there's day and night in different parts of the world at the same time. But this is, uh, you know, something that if the, so if the world wouldn't have Tyra in it, then it would, but let's say for, for argument's sake that the world could exist without Jews, without the Tyra. What would the world look like? How would the world, there would be no conscience. Even like Christians and whoever claims that they have some morality and they have some ethics and they, it's all from the Tyra. It's all, and all of these concepts about not to murder and not to steal and not, all these are all Jewish concepts. These are all from the Tyra. So if the world would not have a Tyra for the world, they would be, everyone would be just acting like famous. There'd be really no difference between, you know, two-legged Bamus and four-legged Bamus. It would be all the same. You just follow your Tyvus. And it seems very geschmack sometimes. That's what, you know, people that all they do all day is give in to their Yetzirahs, give in to their Tyvus. It sounds geschmack, it's, but it's not, that's not your purpose in life, to give in. The purpose of, of a Jew's life is to push back against that Nefesh HaBahami and to, and to uplift ourselves until we're on the Mizbeach Bashem. So, this is such a, a critical you say there Shab is teaching us that you have to be able a Saita, she started off with Michael Bahama, but she could be great again. She could elevate herself by controlling her Nevashabami, uplift herself Tasha Sashrina and have her husband and her once again Ishvi Isha Shri uh if there's Zaycha. Bim Kane Gamma Inyan shall So the Mincha Sa'imer is very similar to the school of Mincha Sa'ita, Haba, Minasarim, Kinal, Mubanim, Debrayam, Medrash. So brilliantly explains the connection in this Medrash between the Mincha Sa'imer, which is really the, the linchpin, the Mincha Sa'imer, in understanding how the bris of Avram Avinu to get Eretz Yisrael worked, and also how it works with the Mincha Sa'ita. It's all one. Because the purpose of the carbon Eimer, and what we're doing during these seven weeks now, is every day elevating ourselves, hopefully, higher and higher, pushing back against the Nefesh HaBahami. You know, this is a time of year that I think, you know, people have a very hard time with Taivas. It's, uh, you know, a few people came over to me already since the beginning of this man and told me that, you know, they've had issues with Taivas, you know, over Pesach and over Sopashas because we're home, we're not in Yeshiva, it's more difficult, but it's also this time of year, you know, it's spring, people are doing, you know, it's, the, the weather is more, people start having Taivas more, that's not coincidental, because if we're going to be able to really maximize our Kedusha, which is the point of these spheres of these seven weeks, then it, it, it has to be a struggle. And it is a struggle, but we have to, we can't give in to the struggle. We have to really try our best. It's hard, very difficult, you know, very, very hard to be a, to be a bacher, to be anybody in this day and age. But the more that you're able to be shaylate over the behemoth within, the more kedusha you'll be able to find. People that are, that, you know, there are people that are mamish, you know, miskabra over these taivas and, 
they find that there is a, a direct correlation between being able to be strong against the Yitzhara, that Yitzhara and then being able to learn very well. There's a connection between them. In fact, the Rambam says that ein, ein, uh, ein machsheves arayis, um, that the, the, when a person has hirhure avera in his mind, these fantasies that come into his mind, it's only, it's only found, it's only matzli b'mishawat. Le panim excellent. By a, somebody that has a heart that's vacuous of chachma, chachma satayra. When you, we're not learning Taira, then you have to be very careful because the mind then fills with all types of, of junk. And when we are learning Taira, that stops. It's very hard. If a person's really shaku and learning, very hard to imagine that such a person would be able to go back to the dorm and, and, and do something crazy because, you know, he's, his mind is saturated with Rashvas and Ritvas and Mishnaburas and, 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 and Sosisharam. So it's hard to say, how would that happen? But if you're not, if you're not ligging and learning, if your mind is not obsessed and consumed with learning, very easy. Your mind is empty of learning, then in, in, into that abyss, into that vacuum will jump, uh, the eight Sahara. So it's, it's, these are, these are very important. You say this, this is the time right now to work on this during the spheres, uh, to push back against the Nefesh Abahami, against the eight Sahara, and to go from Pesach, which was when we brought the carbon Eimer to Sairim, we're going to end up on Shavuos bringing what? The Shteha Lechem. What was the Shteha Lechem made of? Chita, wheat, because that is the evolution of man. We go from, in a way, Darwin wasn't wrong. He said that man, you know, comes from, uh, from a, an animal. We, we, we evolved from animals. He's not wrong. You know, that's true. In a sense, we are. You know, he was wrong in the, perhaps in the, you know, in the physical realities that he painted, but but in a sense, we do come from animals. We we have an animal within. We have a nefesh bahami, and we're supposed to evolve ourselves and become human, become become moral, become ethical, become elevated people. And it's interesting, you know, that just to, we were talking about what the Tsar Yudim was speaking about, how proud he was of being a barbarian, and he says, "This is our pride and our sword and our." He says, and he says, and he said specifically in that very speech, he said that the Jews, you know, destroyed their body with circumcision. And, you know, and, 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 and he says, and we, you know, we're proud of our body. We're, we're, he's not just giving like a, a, a was to us. He's right. He was right. Without terror, without, without Kedusha, without mitzvahs, we would be Bamas. We'd be animals. In fact, there's a, I think it was the Kleisenberger Rebbe, who was, you know, the Nazis were like pummeling the Yidden, and they were on the floor, and there was a Jew that was lying next to the blue, to, to the, I think it was the Kleisenberger, and he says, Rabbi, are you gonna still say, You still think that, you know, you're, you're, we were, we're the chosen nation? Look at us. We're on the floor, we're being beaten by, you know, by Nazis, we're like, where's, our God doesn't seem to be around. Are we, this is the chosen nation? You're going to still say out of the Chardano? The Klezmer Rebbe said, I'm going to say it now with much bigger Kavana, greater Kavana than I ever had. Because I thank God for making me the, if I wasn't the chosen nation, I'd be them. I don't want to be them. That doesn't interest me. He says, this is chosenness. Chosenness is to be, to be human. 
And so what we're doing with our lives, and specifically during the Mayasvira, is we're trying to humanize ourselves. We're trying to push away from that instinctive animal and doing what we want, when we want, on our terms, and like just giving in without any conscience, without any guilt, without any remorse. That's not what a Bentaira, what a Yid is supposed to be. A Yid is supposed to be somebody that goes and evolves from Pesach to Shuas, from the Sa'irim to the Chitim, from the Meichel Behema to the Meichel Adam, and Amitz Hashem, every day, one day at a time, we will count the Sfira and we will make these days count. Thank you.